Good evening. Welcome to the Twelfth Man Podcast. We're uh, we're back. The um the Fantastic Four are back and um back with you talking about football. Well, talking shite mostly, but um we're back. Um after a really good weekend. Uh, you got me, Steve Jackson, I'm in the main chair. Um Mr. John Donovan's with me. Evening JD. No then, you okay? We're doing good, we're doing good. Uh, we've got Mr. John Cutler, he's always with us as usual. Evening, JC. All right, that's yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, and is 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 he else? Yeah, second favorite Geordie's with us, uh, Mr. Steve Dixon. Evening, Steve. Good evening, fellas. Please be back. Always good to have you, and um, always good to have people listening as well. Um, <clears throat> right then, we're not going to talk. We're not going to mention what's happened in the Middle East because I don't want to talk about it. Um. We're going to talk Borough, purely Borough. Um, successful weekend. We're going to talk about the weekend's results. Um, we'll talk about, you know, what you know where we where we obviously won the game. I know the last minute winner will get mentioned. We'll talk about last minute winners as well because it's starting to become a little bit of a, a trend. Um, obviously with Norwich and now the weekend, you know, we'll have a we'll have a bit of a reminisce, see what our favourite last minute winners are. So there's your there's your hint, gentlemen. Get thinking, and. Um, We'll preview the game at the weekend. Um, Burnley, a trip to Turf Miller, last one before Christmas. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good game. But we'll uh, we'll start with the usual question: Are we all doing good? Are we all all right? All fit and well, okay. yeah. I mean, I'm well. I'm not fitting well, but I'm well. Um, let's get going. Right, JD. How good was it to see the Borough back on Saturday? Brilliant. Um... You know, I'm not. We're not accustomed to a, a, a midwinter break. Um, obviously, you miss the odd game due to um, any weather problems, snow, frost, ice, whatever. Um, but it, it's been. It's it, it was a while, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, it meant that um, I could get jobs done. I could get Christmas shopping out the way. I could get everything down the loft, ready to decorate the house. All the more mundane, boring jobs, um, but yeah, they were done, and it was fantastic to uh, to get back to the football. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a bit of a obviously a weird time to have a mid-season break. Obviously, you know, we spoke about it a few weeks ago having the uh, the four weeks where we were, we were going to stop. Obviously, we had the the uh, the friendly in between with um, with Hibs, um, and then the two behind closed doors games with the two stripes up the uh, up the road. Which apparently the the uh, results are getting leaked, um. So we can only speculate. You know, you talk about what we've heard about what happened, but um, no, it was good to have, have obviously the borough back. Um, team came out JD two o'clock unchanged. Usually you think yeah, don't unchange, don't change a winning team, but was it even better the fact we had four weeks out and you still thought that's the team I want to go with. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it's it seems to be a trait of um, character, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. to to try and keep uh, the, the same the same team if he can. Riley McGree was going to be a, a doubt as to whether or not he would start because he, he's um, he's been away for the World Cup. Obviously, he's travelled back, um, but he, he got back on the tee side um, earlier on in the week and. Um, Obviously, the, the staff 
that Rockcliffe thought he was um, fit and well to start. Riley McGree obviously wanted to start. And um, to see an unchanged team with him, him in it, yeah, it, 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 it gave me a big boost. Definitely, definitely. Um, Cuts, I'll come to you. Um, obviously, you saw the team two o'clock. You know, you, you're, you're a big vindicator of unchanged teams. Were, were you a big fan of him just leaving the team as it was? If it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. And that second half performance at Norwich was as good as we've been all season. So why would you want to change that? For me, it was the right decision. And again, on we'll come with later on, but I wouldn't change it for Saturday either. There you go. Absolutely adamant. There you go. Um, Steve, I'll come to you. Obviously, you saw the team, two o'clock. You know, I, I imagine you probably shared the same views as the two Johns. Yes, uh, spot on. Both Johns are right. Um, there was no need to change the starting lineup. That's you know done well for over the last four or five games. We look strong all over the park at the moment, from goalkeeper to centre forward. Working well as a team. Bench looks decent now. We've got options off the bench, uh, which is working well. Obviously, the last couple of games were, were crooks, and I thought on Saturday with with Duncan Watmore now being back in the squad as well. I think everything looks, you know, very bright at the moment. I, I, I don't don't see any reason to change it. Long may it continue, and we'll keep injury free. I think that's that's the key thing as well. You know, where injuries seem to be healing up and the squad's getting stronger and stronger. We've still got a few players that you don't even think about, like Clark and Bola, who aren't even on the radar, but the decent players started the squad when they do come back. I know, I mean, I'll, I'll even show him, I know he hasn't played for the Borough for oh, a good over a year. Daniel Fisher is still a Borough player, you know, he's still a very competent right-back and he's, you know, I don't, I, obviously I don't think he's going to be back for this season, which is a big shame, but um, there's another one, but I'm glad you mentioned about injuries because I've noticed that the injury list has dwindled since Wilder's left. Is that a coincidence or is that, you know, was it was it a training method that Wilder was bringing in? You know, something what must have been done in training to, to you know, force them injuries. It was always like a pulled muscle or it was always a knock. or But now, I, I don't know. It's, it might just be coincidental. I don't know. I think it's a an age-old thing that's happened for years and years and years in football. When a side's doing well, I think you tend to find the players are fit and ready to go and they're at it and they want to play. But when you're struggling and you're in the trenches and things are difficult and people are calling you out and the fans are on your case, you find out who the proper players are and possibly a few players that went missing. But now things are turning around Carrick's come in, wiped the slate clean, probably told them all whatever's gone on in the past. There's nothing, no concern of his. And he just wants to, for them to all impress him and show them what he can do. Suddenly the injury list starts to, to disappear. And that's gone on for years and years and years in football. It'll never change. Yeah, Steve's at the nail on the head. I was about to say it, but he jumped in in front of me. And I totally agree. Yeah. When teams are, are doing well, winning games, Everybody wants to play it. Everybody wants to start. Um, but, you know, if a team's struggling, not getting the results, crowded a bit impatient, they seem to uh, they seem to want to make sure that their recovery um, lasts longer than it has to, really. So 
I, I totally concur with what he says. It's it's absolutely spot on, and mm. uh, and we've seen it at uh, Middlesbrough over the years. Yeah, I, I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want to say you know players fancy it a bit more now, but you know, you're absolutely right. So say that's that's where I thought it was as well. You know, when you when you're winning, you want to be in the team. It's the end of the day. You know, when you when you're not being as successful, you don't want to be. I don't want to say like part of it, but you don't want to be associated with it kind of thing because you, you don't have to. You can put your hands up and say, "Well, it's not doing with me." But um, no, you're absolutely right. But um, right, we'll come to the game. Obviously, um, <clears throat> Luton broke um broke the deadlock on Saturday. Um, there's like there's an argument here. There's two sides. You know the coin. Which side are you? Is it bad defending, or is it a hell of a finish? Because I can see both when you watch it back. So I've watched the game back. Um, JD, I'll start with you. Was it the part of the midfield not putting the foot in and keeping and keeping strong as we we, we used to see them to carry it now, or was it just a good bit of skill got past two players and hit it in the bottom corner? No, it was a good strike, but he should never have got into that position. There was two fairly limp challenges came in, one from House and. Uh, one from Hackney, I think it was. Yeah. And then um, as he set himself up, I thought Fry was a little bit half-hearted in his uh, attempt to block the shot. Um, it, it was a decent finish, but should never have got there. No, you're absolutely right. Um, Cuts, I'll come to you. You have on the goal? Okay. Well, I only I only ever look at it from our point of view, so I'm going to say it was a poor goal to concede. Elaborate. You can't just say that. <laughs> you can't. Well, like they said earlier, we've got a, we've got, Wilder alluded to it a few times. We've got to be a bit more professional. Sometimes you've got to t- take a foul, possibly take a yellow card for the team, and that's one thing that this team. I think they've got. A, if we're going to make a good run, which I think we will for the playoffs. That's one thing that they're going to have to improve on. Pick up a few more yellow cards when they're needed. Not unnecessarily stupid free kicks and fouls, but, you know, when it needs to happen, it needs to happen. And you've got to have a bit of nastiness in there somewhere. And I, I just wonder if Carrick will realise that as well. Well, I, I, I think he will, John, because um, he's had he's had a master um, at Man United in Alex Ferguson sort of teaching him that, teaching him all about gamesmanship and how to how to spoil games, how to work the referee. I'm hoping that he's passing all that brilliant advice onto our team, you know, and and making us nasty sometimes, making us um unpopular sometimes. It, it's all about results. And um uh, that that was that was a chance um that the lad from Luton took on Saturday um where we could have we could have snuffed it out, whether fairly or unfairly. But he shouldn't have he shouldn't have got to, to the position where he had a decent strike. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you too on that one. I, I thought take one for the team. I think that was the phrase you've got to use on that. Just take one for the team and reset again because it was a free kick. It came from obviously they they got the free kick just inside our half, and then they say Clark who obviously scored the goal. He's he obviously took that quick one too, and then went through us. So, for me, you've got to stop it. But Steve, you in agree with agreement with everyone else? Um, yes and no. I, I think you've got to give Clark credit. It was if that was 
Ryan agree. I hear Hackney doing that. I would have said, you know, I'd have been jumping all over. Great goal. I mean, it took a good. He nutmegged Johnny House and it made him look a mug. Nutmegged him. Went past Hackney, you know, in a great shot into the bottom corner. Really good finish. But like the two lads have said, it was, to me, it was a really poor effort by Hackney. I was going mad at the time. It was a really weak challenge. Housing got done by the nutmeg, which was a bit of skill. But Hackney was really poor. The way he should have, he should have took him out, give away the free kick, twenty yards out, and took with chances. Um, however, Hackney had a, to be fair, was one of the best players on the pitch again on on Saturday. Had a good game. It was just a one-off mistake by him, but it was costly. But to be fair to Clark, I have to say, if that was a Middlesbrough player, I'd have, I'd have to say, great goal as well. Because it was, it was a good bit of skill. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It was um completely agree with that. It was it was a great finish. They say usually I'm a bit critical, obviously the keepers near post, but the power on the shot, the accuracy it was it was it was a great it was a great finish. Well and, I think um, what John was saying as well about Fry being slow to close him down, I think that probably gave the goalkeeper a problem as well, because mm-hmm. he was a bit unsighted by the time Fry closed him down, he was a bit late in reacting and when he took the shot. Fry was on his way to closing down, which I think uh, unsighted the goalkeeper because I was right behind it from the north stand and it was it was a decent finish. Yeah, and by the time obviously by the time he saw the ball go past Fry, it's it's halfway anyway. He's, he's, he's never going to get down again. Okay? So no, you're absolutely right. Um, but equaliser equaliser came because um, we did really well. We re- we reacted really well after that. Um, you know, we got back into the game. You know, it wasn't a case of oh god, you know. We we seem to the whole comp- mindset completely changed under Carrick. We've, you know, it's just a right start again. Let's see what we can do. But he was, we just got into the game. It was a nice little passing move. Obviously worked it from right to the left, um, for the goal. Obviously Giles put it in, and put in by, well, the league's top scorer. Obviously, um, player of the month as well for November. Um, JD, I'll obviously come to you because you mentioned about the um, the the. Uh, you know the award, and you know he's he's one of ten on nine goals now. He's scored or assisted in every game under Carrick. He really has come to life under our new manager, hasn't he? He has, yeah, he has. He's been involved in um, either scoring or assisting uh, in every game that Carrick's taken charge of. Um, it was it was like you say, good response. Um, important to get back on level terms uh, before half time. Uh, Good goal, well taken. Uh, great cross. Uh, found himself a bit of space uh, to head the ball down and uh, nowhere near the keeper. Um, he's in a rich vein of form at the moment and um, long may it continue because um, he's he's proven me uh, and the rest of us on here wrong um, when we decided... Uh, that we didn't think we we should keep him in the in the summer transfer window. Um, he's proven me wrong, um, and uh, like I said, we've had we've got him on nine goals there. We've had seasons in the past where our top scorer has scored less than nine. Um, so 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 up to now, you know, with um, half the season still to go. We've uh, we we've got the league's top scorer, fantastic. It it'll mean that um, Burnley will keep a close eye on him. It mean it'll mean that 
Burnley might um, double up on him, which which may allow a bit more space for Fours or any of our attacking midfielders. So, yeah, all good. Well done, Chuba. Absolutely. You know, like you rightly said there, we've all, I suppose it's fair to say, we've all wrote him off. We have. Um, you know, we, we all say he won't be part of our plans for the season. We thought he'd go. Um, but it's been... It's it's his rise from where he's come from to where he is now has been nothing short of absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'll bring in his biggest fan right now, um, and ask his opinion on it. Um, Cuts, obviously, you know, ninth goal of the season. He's in rich vein of form. He really is making us eat our own words, isn't he? Couldn't be happier that we're eating our own words. To be honest, it was never personal. It was just based on what we'd seen in his time at the club. Uh, and if you'd have told me back then that he'd be joint top scorer in the league in December, I'd have probably uh, had you all sectioned. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. It's, um, it's yeah, I'd been exactly the same. I'd have been in that line waiting to be sectioned. So, um, but uh, no, it's JT, put me right if I'm wrong. The PFA award is that the one we voted for? He's nodding away nicely. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, firstly, well done, Borough fans. You know, we've all we all clubbed together. I know, JD, you put the link out. Um, Steve, what have you made of Chubba's? Um, obviously, I suppose rise from the dead. I mean, I don't like to use that phrase, but it really is because he his his form before this season was, I think, even out on loan, it was it, it wasn't great, and it didn't look like he was going to break back in anytime soon. But he's come back and he's been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, fair play to him. When, when we've, as I said this before, off air, when, when, when we first signed him, I was quite excited about it. We spent, I think it was 2.25 million on him. He had scored some goals at Panthinaikos. He had a decent pedigree. He played being an under-21 player, scored some goals. And what I'd seen of him, I thought he was going to be quite an exciting player for him. A bit of movement, a bit of pace, uh, with an eye for goal. And he scored on his debut with QB all way, and I thought, great, but Middlesbrough at that time under Neil Warnock, it just didn't suit the way the lad plays, didn't suit his strengths. And he obviously went back to Panathinaikos again. He done okay for them. He scored, I think he scored in the Champions League, scored some important goals. When I was on holiday across there in the summer, there were a few of the, their fans were telling us that they, they, they quite liked Tuba Rathbom and he just come back to Middlesbrough. And, you know, I, I didn't have any great aspirations for him because of what I'd seen before. But I, th- I think it is a case of you know, he has got the talent, but it's, he needs a side that suits the way he plays. And what's been very, very good since he's came back, a little bit under Chris Wilder, to be fair as well, Wilder sort of tried to change him in a slightly more, you know, setback role behind the strike a little bit to Chris Wilder. And I think it's been evolved massively, you know, under Michael Carrick, where he's obviously put his arm around him and, and really told him how important he is to the team and focused on that role now is, is, is the, the lad behind the striker and the whole creating things. And I didn't see that in him originally. I thought he was an out-and-out striker. I didn't think he could drop in the hole. And a little bit like what Harry Kane does for England almost, drops in the hole, gets his space, he can pick a pass, he can burst into the box and join into, join into situations late. And he, to me, he's, he's evolved into like our Harry Kane type of a player. You know, Marcus Force is the... Yeah, 
there's your son with a pace flying around working hard. Then Chuba's our hurricane, just sitting back and picking the pass and bursting into the box. And you know, fair play to him. He's he's he's, he's taken character, a lot of character from the to, to come back from that and actually think Middlesbrough actually is the place I want to be. He's obviously realised circumstances being against him in the past. And he's just thought, no, this is the club I want to be at. It's a big club. It's got ambition. The supporters have taken... I think the supporters take a little bit of credit as well because we've got right behind them um, and realised he's given 110%. And now he's got the the relationship with the supporters now as well, which is which is massive for a player. It gives you an extra 10% every game when the supporters are chanting your name and giving you that extra bit, bit energy. So... Yeah, let, let's hope he goes on and gets 15 to 20 goals this season and breaks a few records for him. Do you think that's what he needed? A bit of an arm rounder, a bit of a bit of lush on his way, just to show he's so. not wanted? Yeah, I, I, I do absolutely think that. I think, I think he's probably felt isolated in the past and not felt a big part of the plans because of the way he plays under, Chris, under, under Neil Warnock. He wasn't a big part of the team. He was a big, big part player. He was off the bench. He was not playing. And I think, you know, he's, he's come back and proved himself. He got, you know, we had a lot of players missing and injuries and players leaving. And Chris Wilder, I think, was his hand was forced to put him in the team. Let's be honest. I don't think Chris Wilder would have put him in the team if he had had his had his way and got his own silence to to Middlesbrough. But his hand was forced, and Chris Wilder gave him his chance, and he took it. And I think Michael Carrick's then moved it on massively to another level by, I think, putting his arm around him and, you know, really believing in him and, and, and actually making him a really fundamental, important part of the team. That's one thing that he mentioned, well, Wilder mentioned before the season started. Um, he was opening the eyes to the fans. He said, I'm, you know, if if the right bid comes in, then, yeah, I will look to move him on. He's not quite part of my plans and... As I say, we all sat on we all sat in here as you know, big gobshites as we are, and said, "Yeah, completely agree with that." You know, he shouldn't be part of our plans. And he, but that, like like Cut said, he's absolutely making us eat our words, and uh, long may it continue because you know it's been a long time since we've had a striker that's prolific and can hit fifteen, twenty goals. So you know, he's not far off. You know, we've got plenty of games to go. We're up, we're halfway. So, but then we come on to obviously. You know, we huffed and we puffed. Obviously, they got a red card as well. Uh, Damari Bell getting sent off. Um, which, if you listen to my preview with um, with Ian, the Luton fan, he did mention Damari Bell as well. Um, saying he's one of their danger players. Obviously, he got sent off second yellow. Jones did the right job on him on, um, on Saturday. He kept him under close proximity all game. Um, Jones knew he was on a yellow as well. So, you know, always helps. But, JD, I'll come to you. Carrick's played under a, a man who we 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 do get the words Fergie time from. And it it's starting to become a a regular thing, isn't it? You know, two games in a row, a bit of a never say die attitude. And you know, I mean, you know, my legs and that kind of I'll, I'll keep going with this all season, but I can get used to these late winners. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, 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 I remember a run of um, very late goals uh, under under Karanka when he was Malden, uh, a promotion winning team, and it's it's about the spirit in the team, isn't it? To think that um, you know you'll go right to the end, and um, not settling for a point. 
we got we got a bit of a a, a bit of a boost with the sending off as you, as you mentioned um that gave us obviously an advantage and we were already um playing uh, the better football in the second half um but you know as time goes on you think you know are, are we going to get another chance are we going to get another chance and then um thankfully uh, we popped one up right at the end and uh, crooks crooks put it away um, sent sent the fans in the stands crazy because there's nothing better is it than a last minute winner superb no it's 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 one of the joys of football a last minute winner um, something you can never prepare yourself for but you always hope for it's um, and it was crooks again it's a, he's starting to become a man off the bench that's a bit of a super sub a bit of an impact sub and <laughs> I thought what was good about the goal is movement as well. He judged the header. He knew where the header was going to go and put himself in the right spot as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he did. Um, you know, again, that ball was in and out the box a couple of times. Um, and like you say, when it came in and the final time, Crooks found himself in a bit of space. Didn't take a touch it the first time. Um, and... The keeper held it in the net, but I don't think the keeper had much of a chance to keep it out, to be honest. Uh, and I think it, we deserved it uh, overall in the game, uh, especially second half. We were the better team. I really enjoyed some of our approach play, some of the um, diagonal balls from the central midfielders behind their defence for Jones or Jals or Renanto. McGree and his cheeky, outrageous reverse um Passes, it just, you know, it, it, it's all to do with um with the results and confidence and um and trying things. You know, when you've got a bit of confidence, you you, you, you try you try things. You 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 try balls that you wouldn't normally do. And um, I, I loved some of our play, uh, our approach play on Saturday. And like I said, that last minute goal, we deserved it, in my opinion. We did. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be one of those games where, you know, we we did huff and we puffed, and I thought, oh, we're not quite gonna get this. You know, a point might have to be, you know, the result we settle for. But, puts I'll come to you. Obviously, you know, the, I suppose the determination is is paying off. And one thing I've noticed is he's bringing the best out of Jones and, uh, and Giles as well. I know we we always thought that the formation would be more suited to. Them being a bit more forward, but I say Jones being forward obviously is helping him. But Giles is still at left back, and it's still getting the best out of him. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, both of them have had a couple of off games, um, but they were back back to pretty much I would say the best on Saturday. That cross by Giles for the first goal was a pin perfect for Tuba, and uh, I think to be fair, I thought Jones was a threat all day. Some of his final balls went went the best. But I thought when he when he looked to be taking their full back on, I thought he was doing really well. And they, to be honest, I thought that's where the winner would come from. Um, yeah, it was impressive. Uh, it, we know what it's like in the past when you you're battling with promotion teams and and wanting teams to like if you're a team that's going up, they used to always seem like they'd go one nil down, but then they'd win in the last minute. It's a good habit to be in. Obviously, it's not a good habit to be one nil down, but it shows that when we do go behind. We're not. We're not going to give up. We're we're there. We're still fighting, and we're picking up six points 
that could very easily have already been two, even though the performances did deserve six. So maybe our fortunes are turning around. The points are certainly getting on the board. So get the hotels booked for Wembley. Right. That's that's positive thinking. You know, I think someone's looking forward to pushing me around Trafalgar Square and in some sort of trolley in May. But uh, um Steve, obviously, you know, that's two two in a row, last minute winners. You know, it's not a bad trait to have. But it shows that, you know, this team does have some quality because it I know it takes a bit of luck and it's you know, it takes a bit of drive and determination to get them last minute goals, but for me it's not lucky bounces or you know, look at the ball. Saturday's was a pinpoint cross. Norwich was a pinpoint cross. You know, the quality of the ball in is still there as well, even towards the last minute of the game. I think, again, I think a lot of it's down to the manager. I think it's a mindset change. It's a confidence thing. Uh, if you look earlier on in the season, when we played Barnsley in the Cup, last minute defeat. Watford, when we deserved the point of Watford. Brittle. Last minute goal, Stoke when we played superbly well at Stoke away. Last minute goal, and then the big one for me was Carrick's first game in charge. Preston, last minute goal, and I think Carrick's looked at that and thought, "This is not a one-off. It's happened before I came. It's happened now. I'm here." And I think it's something that he's changed in the mindset of the player to be stronger, to be more resilient, to see games out. And, you know, if you look, we've come back. Uh, Bristol City, we're 1-0 down. We'll come back to 1-1. The goalkeeper had a world. He should have beat them, but we drew one each. We should have hammered them. Hull City, we're 1-0 up, but Hull come back against. we equalised. What did we do under Carrick? Went back and won the game 3-1. And then on to Norwich. And then on to Luton. Again, last-minute goals. It's not a fluke. It's a mindset thing. It's a confidence thing. It's a change in in the way the players are thinking. Instead yeah. of thinking in a game, we're hanging on now. Let's hang on. Let's try and get a point. You're now thinking, let's go and win the game. And it, on Saturday, it, it took me back to the Karanga days in the Championship when I was sitting at the Riverside with Middlesbrough having a lot of the ball and knocking it side to side and getting down the wings and putting crosses in the box. And you were waiting for Middlesbrough to win the game. And under Karanga, the number of games we won 1-0, 2-1, was unbelievable and it felt that way on Saturday and the fans in the stadium you could feel it around the stadium the Riverside on Saturday I think the fans knew Middlesbrough had a couple of more chances in them later on and instead of getting off your seat and leaving the Riverside and thinking more points dropped I think the fans were sitting there thinking we can win this game we're going to create more chances we might just get that winning goal and that's what happened we kept at it yes we're helped by the the player being sent off for Luton, which gave us a chance to have the extra space on the pitch. But we used that well with Jones, like uh, John was saying. I thought, he, I thought Jones had a good game. His end product might not be there, but the teams are terrified of him. They're terrified of him. They're doubling up on him. They're trying to kick him off the ball. But he keeps going and he keeps going and he keeps going. And I thought on, on Saturday, we're going to get a couple of late chances here. We're on top. And that's what happened. And that's no fluke that Middlesbrough now are turning results from late defeats to late wins. And it's it, it's 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 a great skill to have and long may it continue. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, if, if you remember, lads, um a, a few minutes uh, a few minutes before Crook scored, he missed a sitter, didn't he, from about uh, nine nine yards out. Uh, mm. a, a ball was cut back to him. 
um, and he plays it over the bar. Harry Kane style. He um he really should have uh, hit the target. That that should have been a, a goal. Um, but you're right. We, we we keep we keep on dressing. We keep on putting dangerous balls in the box. And we had that man advantage, which which gives us um you know it's it's going to leave somebody spare. Um, but but I I like I like our approach now. I like our approach to games. Um, we are patient. We're keeping and passing the ball um, better. And again, I think it comes down to results and confidence. You know, you, you, you're more you're more comfortable and confident on the ball if um, if you you've got a string of uh, positive results behind you. So you know, I, I like uh, I like what's happened under under Carrick. You know, slow start. Um, Unfortunate start at Preston, but uh, the the recent um, wins and especially two two in which we had to come from behind, um, it shows it shows that he's he's building up um, some confidence and some character and some strength in the team. Well, that's it. I mean, it, it, end of the day, it's all about confidence, isn't it? Because you know, if you're not in that that place, you're not going to try and push for a late winner. You know, you're always going to just come a bit short because you always believe, you know, that's how things are going at the moment. But it was um no, it was it's 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 been positive. I mean I'm and I'll come on to obviously late goals. Before I go on late goals. Yes, hands up, go on. I, I was just gonna say a point, lad, just your your opinion as well on Matty Crooks. Matty Crooks has obviously always been one of the first names on the team sheet of late. But you know what? I'm kind of liking him being off the bench. I think the way we play with the energy in the midfield, because Crooks is a big, gangly player, but he's a handful. I think the way we play with with McGree and Hackney and House and zipping the ball around kind of suits with the moment, the way we play with Chuba and the whole. And I'm kind of liking Matty. I'm sure Crooks isn't happy about it. Don't get us wrong, but I kind of like it as a supporter because if we're not winning, like at Norwich, and if we're not winning, like we were on Saturday against Luton. What a great player to bring on. A big six foot three battle axe who's got a good touch for a big man. He's good in the air. He's got a guy for goal. He can he can sit in the hole. He can get in the box. I think he's a really, really good plan B. And I think Carrick's seen that in him. And I think Carrick likes him in that role. Now, whether we'll continue to get away with it, because obviously Crooks will want to play. And if he keeps scoring late goals, he's going to be knocking on Carrick's door and saying I should be starting. But I think it really suits with the minute the way we play to have Crooks as that that foil to come on if things aren't quite working. What what, what do you think? I bet you call first, yeah. JJ. Yep, yep. It's um like you say, it, it it's good to have that uh, that option and that quality on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's been times when you you've looked to our bench for um for for somebody to change the game, influence a game, or even win the game, and um that. You know, you don't see a great deal there, but uh, but now uh, Saturday we had what more? Come on, Crooks, come on. They they're good players. They're good players at championship level. Uh, what more will, will, will run them run the defense ragged for the last twenty twenty odd minutes? Uh, he, he sort of buzzes about, doesn't give up, um, and makes sort of tired defenders make errors. Um, and like you say, Crooks. 
gets himself uh, in the important areas. Uh, and he's done that in the last two games. And like you said, stay early on, super sub, Mac Crooks. It'll do me. Do me all day long if he can do a few more of those. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with that. Well, Coach, what's your opinion on that one? <clears throat> well, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, Crooks could have easily spat his dummy out, but he's not. He's When he's getting on the pitch, he's come on, he's scored two vital goals for us. And it's sort of an attitude of, all right, you're not picking me, but I'm going to make it almost impossible. As soon as I get in that team, you're not going to be able to drop me. And that's exactly the attitude I want to see from the players, the ones that aren't in. You've just mentioned a couple of the players we've got on the bench there. Paddy McNair last season was absolutely sensational. We've got Rodrigo Muniz, who I actually thought looked all right. <clears throat> We've got Duncan Watmore, like you said. We, we, Our squad, we have got strength in certain areas. We just need a couple of players in there. And if they all have the same attitude and come in and show what Crooksy's done in the last few games, we're going to be all right, aren't we? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's, it's you know, we, we've got strength everywhere, you know, there was that rumour before, I think that's so great, wasn't it, that Crooks had, you know, was it a hernia injury they were mentioning, but, you know, he soon got through them last few games, no problem, there was no, didn't seem to be any issues, obviously got the winner at Norwich, he's just come back again from a break, obviously, you know, forced international break, where he's, you know, he looked exactly the same, he looked as strong as ever, he looked as fit as ever, Um his thinking was in the right place. Obviously, he's getting the position for the late winner. You know, you know, he, that's the kind of play I want. That you know, I want someone that's thinking a little bit ahead. You know, not just trying to guess what's going on. You know, I like that sort of player, and uh, he seems to have a little bit about that about that about him. And I'm a massive fan of Mac Crook, to be quite honest. Um, and um, like you just said, you know, long may it continue. It's a uh, um, it's a good trait to have late winners. Um, you know, we've seen it over the years, late late winners. Um, I mentioned at the beginning, I was going to ask you a question. Um, your favourite late winner? I'll ask you before I ask for the man of the match. JD, I'll ask you first. What's your favourite last-minute goal for the Borough? There's, there's, there's been, um, there's been loads, and uh, I mean, I could take you back to one when Middlesbrough played at Burnden Park, Bolton's old ground, and um, Mowbray scored from a corner. Uh, last minute um, to win the game uh, Mowbray again at Somerton Park Newport County um, where he scored in the last minute we'd had um, well just like the last time we played at Newport County um, at Rodney Parade last down this did in the I think it was 85 or 86 um, Mowbray from a corner last minute winner fantastic but more recently um the uh, the pinball goal against Reading was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> it was laughable, but yeah. the, the end result when um, when Forshaw slammed it in and just everybody was went mental. Uh, it, it was great, great to remember. But there's been there's been quite a few, and like me and Steve said earlier, there seemed to be quite a lot under under Karanka. Um, but yeah, that that Reading one um, really sort of like uh, I I can smile about it now because the ball just went all over the place, and I laughed at the end when we scored as well. One of their defenders um, was that unhappy. He lashed the ball, but it it, it seemed 
right in the stomach and doubled him over. And and that that's another part of the comedy the comedy effect to it. It was uh, it was great. I remember that because um, it was Paul McShane, wasn't it? He? he went absolutely mental. Poor Jake Cooper stood on the line. He absolutely hoops it at him, and poor Cooper just like crumbles in the middle of the goal. Well, like Al Habsi and all that are on the floor thinking, oh, shit. And he, he just, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, hands on knees, thinking, oh, God, oh, God, you know, we've just get a bump. It's absolutely nailed <laughs> by, by an unbelievable shot. So it's midsection, but no, that, that was a, that was a pretty unbelievable moment. I say, I think that was probably the moment that season I thought, yeah, we could do it this year. It was just one of those moments, you know, the angle of the shot. The position where you put it, you just think you've got to have your luck. You've got to have some sort of luck to put the ball there. And yeah, it was an unbelievable moment. Absolutely. Well, and was it was was it Clayton who had the shot but nearly took a dormer's head off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you had friends at the back post as well who, who ran into the, the stanchions at the back of the goal as well That's, and knocked yeah. himself on the floor. Yeah. Like I say, it was it was comedy gold, but it was a, it was a you know vital and, and great last minute winner. You could have easily put Benny Hill behind that. Just played Benny Hill and just watched it go. <laughs> it was an unbelievable moment. And yeah, it's it's a goal I love watching back. When it comes to the twelfth of April every year, that's uh yeah, it's a great goal to watch. Um but um Steve, I'll come to you. Favourite last minute goal while watching the Borough? Uh, obviously I'm gonna say Massimo Macaroni twice and twice in Europe, obviously the two God, yeah. You know, poster boy moments for last minute goals for Middlesbrough. We'll never see scenes like those again at the Riverside, even though Redden was quite close, to be fair. Uh, they were absolutely, you know, moments of that magic that you might never ever see again. But I would I would say just as a as a as a random last minute winner for Middlesbrough, I, I quite enjoyed the Pogatets match where you had the fight with Kevin Davis at Bolton and the game went one way and another. And Stuart Parnaby popped up and I think it was about the 94th minute in Middlesbrough beat Bolton 4-3 and he scored the win in front of the North Stand. That was a uh, yeah. that was a decent last minute winner as well. But there's been there's been loads over the years and every last minute winner brings its own crazy celebrations and scenes. But yeah, I'll, I'll go I'll go Stuart Parnaby 4-3. Uh, but Massimo Macaroni's the the king of the last minute winner. Yeah, that was uh, yeah I remember that game actually. I was. Yeah, it was um, it was one of those games where you just thought, ah, oh, well, three three, about right. You no, know, it was because it really was back and forth that game. Um, both teams absolutely went gun ho. I remember Stelios in the middle of their midfield as well was absolutely running the show, and then um, yeah, Stuart Parnaby, most random of scores to make to score a winner, um, pinned the winner in that yard minute. It was a uh, a big three points as well. I think we we needed the three points at the time as well to uh put us back on track. So it was a. Uh, and plus, it's always good to it. It brings back good memories when you beat Bolton as well. So, um, no, it was, a, it was a good goal. I'm absolutely good at sat here um, and you're talking about last minute winners. And I overlook my Simon Baccaroni. Steve, <laughs> you've just missed a doyle there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Summerton Park and uh, and, yeah. and Burnham Park in the 80s. And you, you, you bring our greatest ever comeback. Uh, at the riverside, straight straight to my mind, and I'd completely forgotten about it. Twice, twice. <laughs> hands up. I win, I win the Doyle Award. <laughs> well, he's he's another one you forgot about, John. I, I was I thought it was nailed on. You'd mention this. 
The first ever live televised game that was outside of the top flight was Middlesbrough against Aston Villa at Ayrson Park, if I'm right. Tony Mowbray. February the 14th, 1988. Tony Mowbray, last minute winner against High Fly and Aston Villa against Villa. It was a brilliant header, brave as a lion, like he always was. That sums up what I want to see in a player. Yeah, my um my hero mogger. Um couldn't they get him ripped into by the um the unwashed up the road at the moment, but um you know, Agent Mogger's doing his job, so you know, we'll leave him there for now. Um, he's doing a good job as well. Um, but mine, um, I mean, I could have easily picked macaronis, either one, Baal or Bucharest, but mine was um, Bolton away, Jordan Rhodes, 91st minute. Um, you know, Bolton were down, Bolton were gone. And you know, we were we were struggling to break through and yeah. When you score goals like that and yeah, looking looking up to that top tier and seeing well practically half of it falling down, yeah, it was well unbelievable moment, absolutely incredible. It's one of my favourite goals of all time, that one Charlie yeah. Rhodes. What one, one's just come back to us there as well. I'm not sure if you can put us put us right on this. Wasn't the, the key game winner at Man City last minute as well? When we beat them in the FA Cup. But it was 2-0. Yeah, it, was. it, yeah, it wasn't a winner as such. Yeah. We were one yeah, yeah. Yeah, last yeah. yeah. Just for the but, celebrations, um, yeah. Yeah, but that Jordan Rhodes won a ball. Hey, Darun really really at Man City, but it wasn't a winner. It was a draw, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I felt like a winner. Yeah. No, it's OK. Clayton, uh, Clayton put a great ball into Nugent, who controlled yeah. it brilliantly, and then just dinked it to the far post, and Rhodes was a really good goal. Um, And like you say, it was, it was vitally important. It was, it was the second time that um, he he got a ball in the box as well, Rhodes, because he did that overhead kick, didn't he? And he hit the post, and then obviously I think it was it Ramirez blasted over or Adorn blasted over, one of the two. Um, but yeah, the control, the ball in the box, and the winner, the minute winner meant everything. I mean, I mean, little did we know that was our last winner that season. To be honest, you know, you know, we didn't win another game for the rest of the season after that. You know, we drew the last four, but. Uh, it was massively, massively important, and um, I could talk about last minute goals forever. Me, I love a last minute goal. I think they're brilliant. Um, but I mean, even the goal Rhodes, well, Scott, well, it wasn't a win, but Rhodes scored at MK Dons. There's another one. How important was that? You know what I mean? We, we were down and out that day, and we somehow managed to get a draw that day as well. I can see your hand looking at me. I was just going to say, before we get too carried away with last-minute winners, we'll be here all night. But we've got to mention, it'll be interesting to see who you lock give man the match to on Saturday. I was, just, I was That's exactly where I'm about to go as well. Um, go on then, coach, you can start. Man of the match. Well, I thought Riley McGree was really good first half. But for me, he might have gone noticed by some people, but I thought Lenahan was absolutely fantastic on Saturday. Won every single header. He looked comfortable on the floor. Positioning was spot on. For me, he's man the match. Yeah, he's had a few games like that, hasn't he? He's, uh, he's looking really comfortable now. So it's not a bad, it's not a bad shout. Um, Steve? I thought it was uh, Zach Stefan. No, I'm just joking. But uh, I, uh, <laughs> just had to give him mention, you know, as I usually do. But uh, no, I thought Ray McGree was the best player on the pitch. By a country mile, I thought he was—he was class. 
he come back from the World Cup. He was obviously in the groove and his touches and his movement. And I, I was, I was a little bit surprised he got taken off, but obviously that might have been with the fact that he had played in the World Cup in mind. But I thought he was outstanding. I really did. So really agree for me. Yeah, I think the World Cup's done him some good, hasn't it? It's um, it's made him take the extra step. I think I think he's come back a better player, which is it's always good. It's benefited us massively. Um, JD. Yeah, I was going to say from the start, if you'd have asked me first, it would have been Riley McRae. Um, yeah, the, since Carrick's come in, his influence in games has uh, has become greater. Um, he's uh, he's looking he's looking better um, under the role that Carrick's uh, sort of asked him to play, um, and. He was taken off, like Steve just said there, but I, I don't know whether that was tactical or just a precaution because he's going to be a big player for us. Um, and and why, why sort of, you know, what why sort of burn him out when he when he he's had a grueling sort of trip back? Yeah, just, just take take him off for, for for like give him an hour, take him off and um and and keep him right for Burnley and for the rest of the season. He's going to be a big player for us. Yeah, he's become, he's become one of those players that seems a bit irreplaceable at the moment, and uh, yeah, he's he's stepped on massively. And um, but my man of the match was um, was Isaiah Jones. I thought Isaiah Jones was superb on Saturday. I really did. Um, they say caused problems all day on that right hand side. Um, was unlucky not to score a couple of chances as well. I say he got into good positions, but. Um, I mean, you know, there was, there was plenty of shouts, wasn't there? I mean, Hayden Hackney, apart from obviously the mistake for the goal, it was throughout. Johnny Elson was in there as well. Um, Lenahan, like Cutter said, McGree was um, was brilliant. Uh, Akpom ran that line brilliantly. The only player we haven't mentioned was Marcus Force. For me, he seemed a bit, I don't want to say anonymous, but he wasn't quite. But tonight, um, he wasn't quite with it for me. Um, I, I, I just, I, I just think he sort of, um, he, he get, he gets a lot of attention. He, 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 he takes players away. He, he gives mm. him and Tuba work well together. And yeah. in, and in the second half when we were a bit, bit better. Um, then we then we played in the first. There was there was a couple of forward runs he he, he made. He chased the balls down, um, and won and won some um, won some um, free kicks in in dangerous areas. I, I don't think he's getting the recognition that he deserves because yeah he's not. I know he's not getting the goals, but I think his play is uh, it's all part of the team. It's all part of the team game, and and. He, You'd miss it. You'd definitely miss it because yeah. I think he allows Juba a bit more space. Um, but anyway, I, I was going to go on to uh, Neil Taylor and and, uh, and and the back four. You know, since since Caddick's come in and and we've we've been a, a back four. I think we've looked really really solid. Fry and Lenahan, whereas that wasn't working in the back three under Wilder. Them two look really, um, really strong together now, don't they? Neil Taylor. Do you mean Tommy Smith? Yeah, that's what I mean. 
No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you said Neil Telefot. Well, he's he's putting them back in. <laughs> no, no, I, no, you're absolutely right. I, mean, it's... I thought he was a defense. I thought he was a defensive coach. <laughs> I thought he's a new defensive coach. He'd come back. <laughs> I know. I mean, we're going to talk about courses in a minute, but um, yeah, he's... no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you give recognition to the backline rightly there because I thought under Wilder we were quite rocky and shaky, especially um, set pieces. Um, you know, I mean, I'd highlight the goals at QPR for one. You know, the, the two of the three goals we conceded were absolute shockers at the back. But it's like there's a bit of a trust in the back line all of a sudden. I mean, there's a there's a partnership between Fry and uh, Lenahan now. Um, obviously, I, I know Tommy, Tommy Smith's got a partnership with Jones as well on that right-hand side. Who's Smith? Charles is, Who's Tommy Smith? <laughs> he was born Neil Taylor, but we've, uh, we've renamed him. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try him in a month. Yeah, you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, you're absolutely right to bring up the um, the back line because, as I say, under Carrick, we've become a more solid outfit at the back as well. And I think Stefan has benefited from that as well, hasn't he? Because he looks more confident, you know, with what he's doing. Because I think a Cole could... I mean, Steve can put me wrong here if I'm, I'm talking out my ass, which I usually am most of the time. But, um, you know, he's... He's feeding off their confidence, and you know, if you're not comfortable with the players in front of you, you're going to be a bit shaky yourself. Can, can you remember a few weeks back when Stefan was getting back in the team? And there was the the debate whether Stefan should be in goal or we should leave Robertson goal, and I was hundred percent saying Stefan should be in goal. And one of the points I made at the time was we're chopping and changing the defence all the time, and the goalkeeper needs to know who's in front of him and how to play, and get used to them. And that was the point I made ages ago. And now, if you look, Zach Steffen in goal knows who's going to be the back four. For an injury, that's going to be the back four. And it's it, it, it's, it's no coincidence that the goalkeeper's performance is becoming more confident and the defence's performance is becoming more confident. And it's given Middlesbrough now a solid base to say to the forwards, go and play. Go and play. We're solid here. We can keep it. Use go and play. Hold the Jones. Ball up the wing to Giles in Akbom, go and play, and that's that, that. That's why we're we're getting better and better because we've got more familiarity to how we play. We've got an identity as a team, and what we've been lacking that for a long time. Oh, you're absolutely right. It's um, you know, it's 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 good that we've got a bit of continuity in the team now. Um, I'll come a cut because he was waving at me earlier. Go on, uh, the moment's gone now. It's just when John was saying who's Tommy Smith, I was going to say you'll remember him when he used to play for Liverpool, but that'll go above <laughs> your two heads, that lads. I thought you were going to say it just like that. <laughs> that was Tommy Cooper. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. <laughs> oh, dear me. Right, we're going to quickly move on now. Um Because, JJ, you wanted to mention the, um, the new coach. Am I right? Aaron Danks, he's obviously come in. Um, we were expecting an experienced coach come in. Um, that was what was was I, I don't want to say promise, but that was what was mentioned. You know, but Aaron Dance has come in. Um, is the unfamiliarity around him a good thing? Because we're not judging him on his past experiences. I know he's got a bit of experience as number two at Anderlecht. I know he did a bit of a job at uh, Aston Villa as well. Had two games in temporary charge, but he's relatively unknown. Will that do him some good? 
Well, the, the reason I, I, I sort of raised it before we sort of started recording was that um, I was just wondering about the link to um, to Carrick or, or whether or not it's another appointment that um, Kieran Scott has had a hand in. Um, and I was just asking you, lads, you know, if what your thoughts were, did you think it was a, 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 a Michael Carrick choice or was it um, a club choice? It's uh, for, for me. I mean, I'll start. Before, I'll bring the other two in beforehand. Uh, before obviously, before, when I finish, um, it was a bit of an Alpha Blue one because I say we were told it'd be an experienced head that'll fo- follow the ones that are in. You know, there was rumours of Mike Freeman coming in, maybe Rennie Millenstein. I know he's just been away with Australia for the World Cup. Um, I know Grand Ledbit is in the background now. Stuart Downing's in the background. With Lee Catmull as well, all all doing the youth setup, um, you know, bringing the bringing the youth through, so you know, such you know as the success with Hayden Hackney. I know Leo's got a big shout with uh, player development as well, um, but we we were all told it's looking like it's going to be an experienced head, but he's not massively experienced. Um, what I've read about him, um, he's had a bit of time in the Vincent Company at Anderlecht. Obviously, companies now. Saturday's opponents, Burnley. We'll have a little chat about him in a little bit. Um, he's had a bit of experience with the under twenty ones as well. England under twenty ones, should I say? Um, took two caretaker games with Aston Villa. I think one of them was the four 0 win over Brentford. Glasgow Gerard got sacked as well. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Bit of a one I wasn't expecting, but as I say. I can't you can't really answer, can you? Say was it club? Was it you know? Was it Carrick's appointment? Was it Scott's appointment? Because I say we try to find a link. I couldn't find a link at all. Um, Steve, thoughts? Honestly, it's, a, it's out the blue for me. This one, uh, I don't know much about the fella. I really don't. You've just got to trust the recruitment team that the they brought him in because I think he's going to add something that we're lacking. In, in, in his knowledge or experience, expertise, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a good track record. He's he's been around the block, so you must they must have done the homework and thought he's going to add something to the the recruitment side that we're missing. Well, that's a good that's a good one. That's a good third branch to to pull onto this one. Was it a recruitment re- recruitment? You know, we've got a brand new scouting team in now. Um, I think there's a, ch- a new chief of scouting. I think. We brought in, I think we brought in two actually, which all fall under Kieran Scott. You know, is this guy, you know, is this the reason why Aaron Danks is being brought in? I don't know. But um, was it not was it not Kieran Scott that was saying that he, when he was talking about him, saying that he he had a fantastic memory of players, which he watched different players in different leagues. He he could tell you a game, he could tell you what the score was in the game, who scored it, who done this, who done that. You know, I think he's got such knowledge, vast knowledge and database of players just from his own memory alone that it seemed to be a popular choice for Kieran Scott to add him to the, to the, to the recruitment side. So time will tell. I mean, the jury's out on all of them, but let's be honest, we don't, you know, so far since Kieran Scott's come in, I don't think anybody's, you know, thinking he's done a wonderful job by any stretch of the imagination. Time will tell on that over the next two or three years. You know, it takes time to to bring young players through or, or, or bring players through to be stars to sell on at a profit. It takes time. 
So you're probably not going to be able to judge a Kieran Scott or your scouting team until three or four years' time, let's be honest. Yeah, no, no, absolutely right. Um, Coach, you want to put an opinion to it? Or you, you look very comfortable there. I didn't want to disturb you. I was very comfortable, but I won't waste your time. I know nothing. <laughs> Apart from his name, I don't know nothing about him. I don't know who brought him in. I just hope he's a success. Move on. And that's me, Tom. <laughs> right, we'll move on to um, Saturday. Burnley. Um, trip to, uh, to Turf Miller. Um, I mean, it's an absolute dump. I'm sorry, it's a dump, right? But... It's one of my favourite grounds to go to, um, maybe because there's a cricket club next door. But um, JD, we're making the trip obviously to um, to Lancashire on Saturday. Um, I'm very much looking forward to this. Are you? I am. Yeah. I mean, if we can, uh, if we can have as good a day out as we did against Norwich, um, then that'll be fantastic. But yeah, I think it'll be a um, the toughest test uh, we've faced under Carrick. Um and it'll it'll point us to 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 where we are. You know, are, are we realistically top six and playoff? Uh, are, are we possibly? You know, um, are we playing at the moment better than a top six? Are, are, are we are we playing as a top two team? Um, or um, you know, will will Burnley will Burnley tear as one? And uh, you know we'll look where we are currently mid table. It it it's a big game. Both teams are, are well in form. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm okay going there because uh, I I enjoy I enjoy going to Turf Moor. Um, I, I remember um, some good results there, some bad results there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the one that sticks out is. When when we won three nil and John Henry scored a hat trick, one that sticks out for another bad memory is when they equalised last minute when Valdez was in goal for us. Um, you know, so uh, it's it's going to be a big test, a tough test for us. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, and I, and I'm confident that we can come away with something. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad you're okay with going there. I really am. Um. One big question, though. What Christmas jump are you wearing? Ain't decided yet. There we go. Have you got, have you got a, a, a vast selection? No, not vast, but I've got uh, I've got a choice <laughs> and I just haven't decided yet. Oh, stay tuned. I'll let you know next week what he wears. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's, um, like you said there, we've, we've picked up some great results at Turf Moor. Um, another Jordan Rhodes goal, I remember, from there. Um, looking in front of Tom Heaton, scoring, sending that away, ends into raptures. Um, going there, winning two 0 Um, Jacob Butfield scored that day. Um, they were supposed to go up, and go up with promoted. Um, going to possibly win the league along with Leicester. Went there and done them on the, in the April afternoon. Um, yeah, some good memories, some good, some bad memories. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a good, enjoyable afternoon. Cold, it'd be very cold, but um. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, Steve, what would would you go unchanged again on this one? I think I probably would. Yes, if, if I was going to make any change, it would be. And sorry to mention him again, John. Uh, Tommy Smith. I would be um 
I'll be considering. I, I I didn't think he had a very good game on Saturday. I thought it was his mm. worst game. Forward, he defended okay, but his passing and his decision making I thought was poor. You know, I was actually wanting Dijkstra to come on and replace him on on Saturday because uh, I thought he would give a little bit more going forward at home. And would Neil challenge? I, I, I would. I would probably leave. Sorry. Would Neil Taylor do a job? <laughs> Neil Taylor, Tommy Smith, you know. <laughs> but no, I think I think I would probably leave it the same and go the same away from home. Tommy Smith with his defensive qualities, I'd probably leave it alone. But if I was going to be, if I was going to change anything, I would probably bring in Dyke Steele for Tommy Smith, not Neil Taylor. Bill, Bill, look a bit unfortunate on Neil Taylor that way. Um, but um, good. So come to you. Um, you know, I imagine I probably I probably know what you're going to say to this one, but um, unchanged. Well, before I mention the team, just with these going on about Christmas jumpers, a bit of a plug for the club shop. They're doing a cracking range in Borough as a Santa fan. So you know what I mean. If John wants an extra an extra one, putting his vast amount of Christmas jumpers, he can make a trip down. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd go with an unchanged team, mate. That it's no surprise. I, I I'm a big advocate if. Uh, if you're doing doing the right things in the shirt, you keep that shirt. Otherwise, what message is it sending out to you? For me, I'd keep Smith in. I think he's been a big part of our <clears throat> defence becoming a lot stronger. Don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a quite a big fan of, of Dyke Steel as well, but I think it'd be very unfair to take Smith out for Dyke Steel on Saturday. And I don't care who we're playing. If he's done it in the last few games and he did it at Norwich away, let's see if he can do it at Burnley as well. How do you know the Borough Club shop's got that on offer? Someone someone put it up. Uh, I, I didn't say it was on offer. Probably about 100 quid. But, I mean, like, on offer to the public. I mean, even that, all that. Um, oh, so, someone put it up, a picture of him and his son on uh, on Twitter. And it was, uh, they, someone asked him where he got it from. And he said it was from the Borough Club shop. Santa is a Borough fan. 100 quid? No, <laughs> He was saying, "How did I know it was on offer?" I said, "It won't have been on offer. It'll be about hundred quid." You can get you can get two Neil Taylors for hundred quid. Can you? You, you? you can. Under Partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> oh, it's turning south. It's turning south. <laughs> but um, has, has anybody got any worries about going down? Obviously, I know it's a league leaders. I know it's a big um, it's a big ask to go there and do what we've done in previous games against Norwich. Um, you know, I, I know we went to Blackpool and, and absolutely outclassed them. You know, are we are we asking too much to make it? it a, you know, five wins in a, in a row. No, not at all. We all said well, go back months ago when we were well, me particularly was criticising the players for not massively underperforming and down until to the previous manager. This squad should have been nowhere near where it was. It should have been fighting up the top half of the table. So for me, squad for squad, player for player. I think we can go there and have a... I want us to go there and have a real good go. They'll be confident that they can go and get, and get some out of the game and so am I as well. There you go. Oh, yeah, I, I just thought I'd ask the question. <laughs> but um, um, I'll, I'll, I might as well go into the score prediction then because we've got no fear. So, um, But I'll start with you then, Cut. Score prediction. Are we going to go into Christmas happy? I'm going to go for a 1-0 win. Who's your first goal scorer? Neil Taylor. <laughs> I can't offer you a price on that. 
<laughs> I can't offer your price on that, Steve. Uh, I'm going for a Desmond two-two. Desmond, first goal. First goal, I'll say Riley McGree. There you go, McGree and two-two. Not a bad bet. Don't get a betting partnership. Like, you know, yeah. um, JD. Yeah, Burnley won Middlesbrough three. Have you been on what Steve's on? Yeah. Jesus, wow. That's confidence. That is confidence for his first goal. Listen, it's going to be very, very tough, but I like uh, I like what I've seen of us recently. And, and, and you know, I, I think uh, I think we can mix it. Uh, we'll have a good, noisy following there. So well, why not go there? Confident. Who's your first goal scorer? Tuba. As I've cut this stream, if you said Neil Taylor, that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good shout. I'm going three nil. And you I, asked me if I did. It. <laughs> I, I I think. Do you remember when we went, we went to Brighton, and Brighton looked world beaters, and they looked the best team in the league, and we turned, we rocked up and absolutely ran the show. Yeah. That's how I feel. Saturday will go. I could be complete. This could turn to a meme. This this could be put out loads of times. Me saying this, but I really do feel we'll get an early goal and we'll just we'll we'll run the show and we'll make them look very very silly because they are a very young team. I know they're ambitious and they'll play as you know quite flow nice flowing football. But so is Brighton. You know Brighton were exactly the same and they. Uh, yeah, they 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 really did come unstuck over there. It's a very good Borough team, and that's that's what I think we are. If you see the school scorer is Tommy Smith, I'm leaving the group. That game, that game was also around Christmas, if I remember rightly. It was um, his last one before Christmas. But my first goal scorer, in all seriousness, for Saturday is going to be Lenehan, ex Blackburn, playing against their biggest rivals, Lenehan winner. That's not a bad show, actually. Um, but no, my first goal scorer is um, I'm going to match JD with this. I think Chubba, I think he's in the form of his life, and he'll continue that on Saturday. He'll um, he'll get the space what he needs, and he'll he'll um, yeah, I think about it, bag a couple. I really do think we'll beat him three 0 and if we get beat three 0 well, I'm going to look like a right dickhead, Anna. So, but um, no, I really do. Think, I'm very unconfident about Saturday, and I don't know why. So, I think let's be, let's be honest. I think I think everybody here now and every Middlesbrough fan on T side will be happy with the point, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. I said that about Norwich to be fair, and we beat them. So, but yeah, I really do think we'll beat them. I really do. Why not? Why not? Exactly. And on that note, I mean, I'll give you so much to think about for next week. Um, obviously next week will be the last one before Christmas. Um. I'm just going to put the basic question out. All I want for Christmas is, and you're going to tell me what player you want to sign in January. If you come back with Messi, I'll block you for the rest of your life. I'm telling you now. So, but nice, something nice and realistic. Um, this one to listeners as well. We'll put a tweet out. We'll get some answers in. Um, so I think that'll be a good one to to finish. You know, our half a season on, and um, our last one before Christmas. So, yeah. What players do you want in January? That's all I want to ask is, because um, 
we've got some places where we need to improve or some places that we've improved through the season. You know, midfield being one. So, yeah, let me know. Um, give us a give us a tweet. Give us a a comment. Um, I was going to say a text message there, but no, don't text me. Um, but um, I'll leave it there. Um, and uh, fingers crossed for a borough win. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for popping on and having a chat with me. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for. Um... Can, I, can, I, can I just say before we go off? Yeah, of uh, you can. credit the credit the John and the Middlesbrough Food Bank on Saturday. I yes. thought they were absolutely. I thought they were absolutely fantastic on Saturday, and I seen John before the game. Bless him, he had stood there for about three hours in about minus four conditions, and I don't think people realise the work and the effort that these people put into. You know, a really good cause for Teesside. So, just want to see a well done to John and the gang. Yeah, yeah cheers. Uh, good, good to see you and your dad. Uh, yeah, you dad, tell you what, your dad's a good looking fella. He's uh, he's doing well. Um, yeah, it was it was a slow start. I think people stayed in the pubs longer because of the weather. But then we were sort of like um, for the last hour, hour ten, uh, was really busy with cash donations and uh, and. Uh, the bags of food that were brought up. Matthew Hoppy um, turned up with a, a boat full of um, of, of uh, food donations, which is great to see. Um, it's it, it, it's wonderful, you know. We'll get uh, we'll get the total um, amount of money raised and weight in in food stuff that was collected. We'll get that later on this week, and I'll make sure that I let people know on Twitter because. It's it's great to see um, it's great to see people young and old helping out those who unfortunately need to rely on food banks uh, in this sort of in this situation in this wealthy country. But uh, I'll not I'll not go on any further than that. Other than that, the food banks do a fantastic job, and I'm pleased to help. Well, this is credit isn't unnoticed. It really isn't. Um, obviously, I was going to mention it. Next week to recording because obviously we'll have the totals and that by then. But no, Steve's absolutely right. He's an absolute credit to the club and to the community as well. I'll um I'll absolutely I'll, I'll I'll stand right behind that and uh, very proud, very proud. Um, I've got a hand waving at me. Go on, go on, cuts. Yeah, you get again. I echo what you said about John and Mark as well. Who does it? Mark Motley who does a lot of it. Yeah, standing out in that weather, it was absolutely brutal. So so well done to that and. Uh, just on a bit of a lighter note, I've also met uh, Steve's dad, and he is a good-looking fella. And uh, if only we could say like father, like son. I'm sure. I'm sure he, he tells us his mind. He tells his mind all the time. Oh man! I mean, I, I won't. I won't put a third on that one. But I have met Steve's dad as well. Very, very, very knowledgeable fella, and uh, cracking blood. You'll be listening well. to this. You, you listen to this. You know, you'll be loving you guys now. Well, there you go. All through, all through, I'll catch him on Boxing Day, um, the own game against Wigan. But um, yeah, I'll leave it till I'll leave it till then. Uh, well, not till Boxing Day, but I'll leave it for another week. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, liking, subscribing, commenting, getting involved. You three for popping on. Um, your opinions don't go unnoticed, even if you think Tommy Swift's Neil Taylor. Um, <laughs> but um, no I love you all very dearly thank you so much for, um, for, for coming on and chatting to me and um, yeah we'll chat again next week remember all you want for Christmas is who let me know and we'll chat about it next week up the butter up the butter up the butter